Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Mark Schulman. Mark is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. And as usual, we will be talking about current global affairs. We'll visit with um, Jim McTagg. He's a former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several books. His two latest are Murder Mysteries. Follow the Leader and its sequel, Shake the Money Tree. My wife, Linda, will be joining us. She writes Greetings from Paradise. It's been a while since she wrote it, but she has great commentary here on the show. It is February the 8th, and on this day in 1725, Peter the Great, the Emperor of Russia, died and succeeded by his wife, Catherine I. The reign of Peter, who became a sole czar in 1696, was characterized by a series of sweeping military, political, economic and cultural reforms based on Western European models, Russian victories in major conflicts with Persia and the Ottoman Empire greatly expanded Peter's empire and the defeat of Sweden in the Great Northern War won Russia direct access to the Baltic Sea. Here, Peter found the new Russian capital of St. Petersburg and Russia became a major European power politically, culturally and geographically. In 1721, Peter abandoned the traditional Russian uh, title of Tsar and favored the European influence title of Emperor. Four years later, he died. And uh, it's such an interesting story because he put in, even though he was a dictator, he put in major reforms that were very positive indeed. Just a couple of years, a hundred years later, total chaos uh, uh, reigned when the Bolsheviks took over uh, Russia and established communism. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported 137 new cases and five de- deaths in Collier County on Friday and 93 additional cases and one death on Saturday. No report yes, on Sunday. The deaths are 92-year-old, 97-year-old, 90-year-old, 93-year-old, and 94-year-old. I don't know how you can attribute these deaths to COVID, but they do. And uh, just a reminder that uh, when in doubt, it's always branded as a COVID-19 death, cause of death. But it may be with, but certainly not necessarily the cause. Collier's moving seven-day average for new cases was 111 through Thursday, 39% less than the average on January the 1st. And around 2 p.m. on Friday, there were 70 patients in Collier County hospitals. Oh, by the way, here are some statistics. I found this. Yeah, there's uh, 70 new cases. Uh, on Sunday, just 70 new cases on Sunday. So are cases plummeting? Well, the daily cases have dropped 45% since the latest peak of January 11th, according to data from the COVID-19 tracking report. There are 131,341 new cases reported on Wednesday. Of course, this is nationwide. The decline appears to be a global phenomenon, with new infections falling worldwide from the past three weeks in a row. World Health Organization said on Monday, hospitalizations have fallen a whopping 26% since they peaked out most recently on January the 12th. Currently, there's 44 states 
are being seeing a decline in cases with just Alabama, Louisiana, New Jersey, Oklahoma, and Pennsylvania trending upward, according to Johns Hopkins data. Uh, California's 21,451 new confirmed cases on Tuesday, about one-third of that of mid-December. New York recorded 8,215 new infections on Tuesday, down from the record high of 19,000. So you can see there's drops all across the country. Health experts say it's too soon uh, for vaccines to, vaccines to play a major role in this decline, with just 8% of the population having received the first shot and fewer than 2% having been fully immunized. Officials say the drop is likely due to a higher number of people who've had the virus. That officials count suggest as many as 90 million people and, f- and fewer people traveling than did over the uh, winter holidays. So travel, they're suggesting, made a big difference with the, with the increase. Now, what's interesting here is after all these statistics, the Wall Street Journal says COVID-19 is here for good. He's, they say that uh, major companies are planning for uh, COVID protocols uh, as on a pers- permanent basis. By the way, uh, during Saturday's weekly address, President Joe Biden stated that the idea that we think we can keep business open and moving and thriving without dealing with this pandemic is a non-starter. You know, the president should stay in his lane. I don't know where it says in the Constitution he's supposed to be some sort of a medical advisor or business advisor for that matter. Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl title Sunday. Uh, last night, in what might be the most impressive performance yet, he play, he's playing for a new team, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and coach Bruce Arians. He won his fifth Super Bowl MVP award with three touchdowns, two of them to good old friend Ron Got, Rob Gonkowski, <laughs> easy for me to say, Gronkowski, and a near-perfect QB rating of 125.8. Just a fantastic game that they played. Uh, they defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. 31-9, to Brady said, we ended up by playing our best game of the year, and they certainly did. By the way, uh, Biden welcomed the health workers in a taped message. It was pretty, pretty boring, actually, and he got booed. There were some boos in the crowd. And I don't know if you recognize the music to start the game. I didn't recognize it. It turns out they played the Black National Anthem. Boy, the pandering here just never ends. Well, Republican lawmakers are stepping up pressure on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Allegedly, she used a secret entrance to the Capitol, violating her own metal detector screening rules and should uh, merit a fine. Now, other people have been fined $5,000. Play by the rules, Madam Speaker. Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas tweeted on Saturday night, multiple members saw you enter the chamber without going through your metal detectors. Pay the $5,000 fine, he tweeted. The GOP complaints came as Louis Gohmert became the first lawmaker penalized of the new policy, slapped with a $5,000 fine for using the wrong door while returning from a bathroom break. Nancy Pelosi, what a piece of work. Well, February marks African American History Month, and though this month African American icons are honored for the important contributions they've made for a better world, However, a group of black Republican lawmakers are noting that one individual isn't receiving the credit they feel he deserves. That's Justice Clarence Thomas. This week, an effort was launched by our own Congressman Brian Donalds, and the effort urged the National Museum of African American History and Culture to honor the Supreme Court Justice because they feel that the current exhibit falls short of representing him and his contributions. 
The effort also called for an update that is long overdue. It's certainly true. The letter directed to the museum's leadership was also signed by Senator Tim Scott and Representative Burgess Owens and Dr. Alveda King, among others. The museum is a national treasure for our nation's fabric. This is especially true for me as a black American and Republican, he expressed in the letter. Donalds further detailed that black history transcends political correctness and partisanship, adding that overall, the museum honors its mission, but it's unfortunate to see pitfalls like driven by irresponsible bias. And of course, uh, they just overlooked Clarence Thomas, uh, the second black justice of the United States, and what a great justice he is, making the case for why Justice Thomas deserves to be honored in the museum. Donald explained that He's Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. It's a notable figure in black history and black and American history as one of the only two black men to serve on the nation's highest court. Informing that Thomas is a descendant of black slaves. I don't know if you've read his story, but it's so interesting. Donald's also uh, commented, commented that Thomas is someone who persevered to become a stalwart figure in American judicial system and history. He certainly did. And it's so interesting the role that Uh, Joe Biden played as a senator under the uh, confirmation of Clarence Thomas. Thomas called it a modern-day lynching. Uh, Certainly, Joe Biden could take no pride in his role and how that all uh, transpired. Well, a New York judge ruled Friday that uh, Republican Claudia Tenney defeated U.S. Representative Anthony Brandisi by 109 votes in the nation's last undecided congressional seat. Now, we'll see how this holds up and whether this guy will appeal it, but clearly he won. And uh, now, Claudia Tenney, who's a pretty impressive person from upstate New York, uh, should be sitting in Congress soon. Taking a go-ahead, make-my-day approach, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene shot back at Democrats, planning to force her off the House committees for past controversial statements, declaring it will free her up to go on a national tour to help fill the House with conservatives. She said how stupid they are. Uh, she told, uh, told uh, Democrats on the House Rules Committee voted to move forward with plans to strip her of her two membership to the uh, committees. They don't even realize they're helping me. I'm pretty amazed at how dumb they are, she added. <laughs> she doesn't mince words, does she? Instead of being worried about losing her seat uh, on the education budget panels, uh, the bomb thrower said that she's eager to step up her fight against Democrats and Republicans she views as centrist, including GOP leadership. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, she, on uh, the first day that uh, she was confirmed, she filed an uh, impeachment suit against Joe Biden. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, now building a new performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. Right now we have with us Mark Schulman. Mark is an author. He's written several books. He's also the founder and publisher of a terrific multimedia website it's called historycentral.com great for kids of all ages including you and i historycentral.com mark thank you so much for joining us always a pleasure bob so mark uh, let's start off by talking about uh, the coronavirus because as i mentioned to our listeners earlier in the show there's mixed messages out there big declines here in the united states in hospitalizations cases and just any other kind of metrics that are important about this and yet we're seeing a cry that it's expanding and, and uh what are your thoughts? Well, it's, it is a bit confusing at this point because two things are happening. First of all, the drop in the United States, I believe, is clearly a result of the fact that we saw a big spike after Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, when people traveled, and uh, mm. as a result, the numbers went way up, and that period of time is now over, and so the spike, the numbers are going down. Um, you have two things happening. On one hand, you have the vaccinations, and on the other hand, you have mutations, and um, I'm here in Israel, and it, it, it couldn't be clearer the the difference of that both of these things are causing simultaneously. So what's clearly happened, Israel is at this point vaccinated um, almost 50% of the population, at least for the first dose, and has vaccinated um, about 75 to 80% of those people who are 60 and over. Uh, but, A, they haven't been able to get to the last 20%, which is a whole other issue. Mm -hmm. um, but what's happened is the number of cases 
has remained very high. The number of um, severely ill cases, critical cases, and deaths has remained severely high, as has the number of daily cases reported are down a little bit. Mm. Now, this is despite the fact that uh, it's been proven pretty conclusively at this point, because Israel's a humongous test case, because Israel knows the case of, you know, every single person is tracked in terms of health-wise, because everyone belongs to one of four HMOs, and they're the ones that give out the, va- the vaccines, they're the ones who have all the health history. Mm-hmm. That what's happening, it's very clear that after the first dose, the, um, the susceptibility to getting very sick drops by 50%. After the second dose, it's about 70%. Two weeks after the second dose, it drops to 95%, or in other words, you only have 5% of getting uh, severely ill, mm. and it drops to about 80% the chance of getting it at all. Yeah, that's and good news. what's also very clear now, it's beginning to become clear, is that even those people who are getting it, and that's why they don't get severely ill, the amount of virus that they're actually carrying is down, which means their ability to transmit it is also down. So on one level, this should end the, end, end the pandemic, but it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And the reason, so far at least, and the reason that is is twofold. Number one, um, it's the fact that the new variant, the British variant, is now about 80% of the cases in Israel, and the British mm-hmm. variant is clearly at least 50% more transmutable and seems to be significantly more, um, cause more severe cases and more death. Mm-hmm. So you're fighting both things. Oh, and most importantly, or however you want to look at it, it's also hitting younger people much more. So if until mm. now, um, 80% of the, um, or almost 90%, excuse me, 90% of the, of the severe cases were people 60 and above, that's dropped down to about 70%, with the rest being younger people. That is so interesting. So, and how about, the, how about the severity of the cases of these younger people? Any, well, any the younger, that's, well, that 30% of them are severe. They are. That's the, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about severe cases. I'm not talking about, you know, testing positive, but... One of the biggest problems, of course, is you cannot vaccinate any of the the kids at the moment mm. uh, because it's ha- the vaccines have not been tested on kids. Mm-hmm. And so you have the situation where the kids, while not getting as sick, or like some of them are getting a little bit sick from the newest variants, they're vectors to transmit the disease. And so you can't, it's very hard to get herd immunity as long as you have all of these kids still around who have not been vaccinated. Yeah. So bottom so, bottom line, it seems to me that why, uh, we're in this um, we're in this situation. Yeah, um, where we can't really you know we don't know where the where the future lies. You know, on one hand, we should the vaccine you know the vaccination should put the whole thing behind all of us. On the other hand, they haven't yet. Yeah, and. Um, so a lot of uncertainty. That's that's really what we have more than anything else at this point. Well, I think that's the conclusion I'm drawing is that just there's a lot of confusion and that there's no clear and defined uh, conclusion or facts that we were conclusions. I mean, one we of the draw. things, for instance, one of the disturbing things that happened yesterday was in South Africa they had purchased the AstraZeneca um, vaccine, and they concluded the AstraZeneca vaccine was not effective against the South African huh. uh, mutation. Oof. They pulled it from the market. AstraZeneca so about... had a whole plan to vaccinate a good part of their population. Now they have no vaccines because the vaccine they were going to use turned out to be turned out to be effective against the original corona, but not against the South African variant. So that's a great concern in the world: is you know how many how many different variants might there be, and what might happen with one variant that could uh, that could uh, 
overcome the um, Pfizer or Moderna vaccines, which is a, a real worry, obviously. So isn't the AstraZeneca, though, it was only 65% effective, as I recall, in, in the... In 65% effective was that, that initially included the South African variant, uh-huh. which was only about 55%. But now further studies in South Africa have shown that it's almost been not effective at all. Interesting. So and the advantage of the AstraZeneca was it was a one-dose. Mm. And, of course, one dose you can get out much quicker. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a complicated situation. Um, with no easy answers, or no, well, let's, let me rephrase that. With an uncertain future, let's put it that way. Anyone yeah. who says they know, right? You know, walk away. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's move to some world affairs. I'm not sure we're going to solve that problem, but uh, <laughs> but thanks for informing us, Mark. Well, neither of us are microbiologists or anything like that. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that was very helpful. Uh, well, here's a topic that we cover quickly before we go to break. But the Indian glacier collapse. Right. So we have a glacier in India. Um, that's been there for thousands of years, and because of warmer temperatures, it collapsed. And when it collapsed, it took tremendous amount of water behind it that was sort of in inside the glacier mm-hmm. and came down the mountain, completely wiped out a hydroelectric um, building facility that was being built, and another one that already existed, and at the moment there are hundreds of people missing. Wow. So, you know, whatever you want to call it a cause of, uh, obviously... Good likelihood it has to do with the warming temperatures in, in the higher altitudes, which we're seeing throughout the world at the moment. Yeah. Um, but the glacier literally collapsed, as opposed to slowly melting, yeah. which is happening. Let's say if you go to Glacier National Park, anyone who's been there, if you were there when you were a kid and you go back today, um, and if you're our age, you'll find the glaciers are a lot smaller than they were when we were kids. Yeah, so, uh, Mark, uh, that's so interesting. It collapsed. This must have happened recently in the last 12 or 14 hours because uh, I was looking at World News. I didn't see anything about this. It happened about 12 hours ago, I believe, something okay. like that. Right. I think it happened yesterday, actually. Hmm. But um, they're trying desperately to res- rescue efforts to try oh, to find the people who may have you know, been covered alive and uh, hopefully some of them are still alive. It's an unusual Unusual occurrence, let's put it that way, where you dams bursting, but this was not a this was a natural dam that basically burst. Absolutely. So, Mark, we do. I have so many other things I want to cover with you. Can you stick around? Absolutely, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide two and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840. 
or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, more important now than ever. And you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. Right now we have with us uh, Mark Schulman, again, founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. So it looks like the... uh, the dust up in Myanmar or Burma is not clearing up. People are still revolting and upset about the military takeover. Well, absolutely. I mean, you had a popular elected government, and the reason the military intervened was that they were voted out of power, basically. Mm-hmm. And people wanted uh, the, the democratically elected government, and um, they, people are not willing to sit, sit quiet. Now, what's going to be is unclear. It's interesting. The um, capital of the country is now in a small town, not in the cap, not in the, what was the capital where all the people live. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hard for the people really to make an impact on on this government. It's a military government. They have all the arms. Once again, we'll come down to the same question we always come down to: Will the will the army be willing to open its guns on its own people? Yeah. Well, the history is that, uh, of course, it was a military rule for years, and they went along with elect with uh, uh, elections, uh, but now that it hasn't gone their way, so they're back in power. So there's a history about uh, military rule. Right, but what you have different here, I think, and you know, again, time will tell, is people have the taste of democracy. Yeah. And it's one thing when the only thing you know is despotic rule, but when you've suddenly had a democracy, when you've had a say in your own future, and then it's taken away from you, yeah. as you know, it's much more painful to lose something you've had and you, you've cherished than it is to not have something you never knew you could have. You know, I must say, Mark, I've, uh, of course, had a mental picture of what it must be like in Burma because of how poor it is, but I, I saw a major city that was on TV, and I said, my goodness, there it's pretty well developed right there, at least in that city. Well, a lot of these, you know, we have a misconception of an awful lot of the third world, what we call the third world. Mm-hmm. And yes... There's an awful lot of poverty in, in all of these places. But most of these countries have various sources of income and business people, and they you know they need to build offices for themselves. And so most of them have developed capitals in, in most of the world, even the most poorest of the countries, yeah. are not what we might imagine in our minds. Yeah, it's a great point, uh, Mark. So uh, let's move to what's happening in Russia. There more protests about Navalny and what... More protests, but I'm not quite sure that they can keep it up. So many of them were arrested. Yeah. It's looking more and more like they're talking about trying to overthrow Putin by other means. I don't know. It's you know Putin. Putin was doing really well and was popular as long as the economy was doing well. But with the economy in difficulties, he's no longer as popular as he once was. And again, he's sort of it's been too long. You know, these Russians sort of like a strong leader, but at some point they get tired. And I think we're seeing that happening here. Putin's going to have a hard time, and you know, I just hope that uh, our arrested—I don't even want to call him a dissident—his opponent, Navalny, manages not to die mysteriously in prison. I mean, a very strange thing happened, by the way. The doctor who treated him suddenly died. 
58 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knows why he died. <laughs> Hasn't been, you know, healthy person. He suddenly died. Yeah, it's it's. So, I don't know if you've read uh, read the name of the word now. Read uh, note or in any event, the story of uh, the uh, her- I think it's called the Heritage uh, Gla- um, uh, Hedge Fund. No, it's not heritage. It's the wrong word. My my point is this: that the, the cruelty in jail and the things that they do to people are unspeakable in in um, Russia. So, uh, oh, absolutely. Look, Russia is a bad actor on the world scene. There's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, and it was looking different, but clearly they have been very problematic to say the least, including to the United States with the hacking that they took place last year. Well, speaking of hacking, let's let's move uh, to what's going on in China. China again. We're having you know, there's this pushback um, again in terms of Taiwan, in terms of in terms of dissidents trying to arrest any of the dissidents, clamp down on any sort of disagreements. Uh, the United States is pushing back in terms of at least in terms of verbally, um, and we've sent um, we sent the USS John McCain through this through the uh, Straits of Taiwan past week mm-hmm. um, to show that we're not going to allow the Chinese to own those waters. Um, you know, push back as vigorously, vigorously as we can. Um, but again, we have this interdependent world um, where on one hand, we need to push back against China, we need to push back against Russia. On the other hand, if we're going to come to some sort of a new agreement with Iran, we need the Russians and Chinese help. We want to deal with the environment, we need the Russians and Chinese help. So it's a very complicated situation. Yeah, I think it's black and white. Yeah, uh, there are good players and bad players, but everybody's a player. So, uh, speaking of Iran, uh, they—I think the rate, latest message from Iran is we have no interest in renewing uh, the uh, agreement on nuclear weapons. Well, their, net res- their message specifically was: the United States has to first remove its sanctions, and then they will uh, come back into compliance. President Biden responded yesterday by saying, "No, first you come into compliance, and then we'll renew, we'll remove our, our sanctions." So it's not really true; it's clear what's going to happen. We can say that the last two years, walking away from the JCOPA, was a total unmitigated disaster, because the reaction, the re, the results have been that they are now uh, a few months, as opposed to two years away, from being able to build a bomb. So. Uh, maximum pressure failed. And it was clear it was going to fail, in my opinion. The moment the United States did not respond to the Iranian attack on the Saudi oil fields, it was clear that the Iranians understood that um, the United States under President Trump was not a real threat, just had you know economic threats, but nothing more than that. And economic threats the Iranians have lived through before and were willing to live through again. Well, that would be the so leadership, not necessarily the people. Mm-hmm. So that would be the leadership of Iran, not necessarily the people. So we'll see how. Yeah, it does make a difference. Once again, the leadership has proven they're willing to use their guns on their own people. Yeah, interesting. You know, but, we, we we've seen almost no successes other than, you know, the Velvet Revolution in Eastern Europe, where the people have managed to overturn the government. Um, but that was very unique, and you had, you had troops who didn't want or conscripts who made up the army who were not willing to fire on their own cousins and friends and everything else. Here you have people, you have the, uh, you have the uh, guards that are 
very, very much indoctrinated, theocratically belief in the in the mullahs, mm-hmm. and therefore it's going to be very hard to separate them out and convince them not to fire on the people. And um, unfortunately, it hasn't happened, and mm-hmm. all the all the hoping that it will won't change the matter on. Now. So, so let's, before I let you go, I would appreciate a comment on what's happening now in the Middle East. I mean, we had these uh, uh, Abraham Accords, I believe they were called, and uh, four countries have signed agreements with Israel. Now, Biden's approach to this seems to be a little bit different. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, Biden has a different approach in two things. Number one, vis-a-vis Saudi Arabia. He is not willing to give them a green light in the war against the Houthis. He's also not willing to give them a complete pass when it comes to Human rights. Um, so far, it hasn't made a big difference. Uh, the other issue is the F-35 sale to the Emirates, which were part of the deal for getting the Abraham Accords. Mm-hmm. Um, those that sale has not been canceled; it's under review, and it's not clear, you know, how that's going to work out. Um, you know, Israel felt it was a mixed blessing. On one hand, the peace agreement was very good. On the other hand, giving the uh, UAE uh, F-35s was not seen as a very positive thing vis-a-vis Israel because the original idea that Israel would have a quantitative advantage over any of the Arab states. Mm. So it's a lot of questions here still. Mm. Um, but like, you know, every every administration reevaluates what happened beforehand. What's mostly happening is trying to rebuild America's alliances with, with much of the world. Yeah. And um, we'll see. Hey, so, uh, final final thing, maybe there has been an attempted coup in Haiti. It just reminds me, there's a, it's almost an event, annual event, it seems, but uh, any thoughts on that? Not really. It's interesting, because I was just listening, I've been listening to the newest biography of um, of uh, President Carter, of all people, mm-hmm. uh, a really interesting biography, and it was just talking about how he had, once he was no longer president, had intervened and managed to convince the military junta there to uh, walk away, at least, at least briefly. But like you said, this has been going on for so long. Yeah. Uh, so many American interventions, so many issues. Uh, a very poor state um, that has not done well over all the years, both politically and everything else. Interestingly, you know, it shares the same island as the Dominican Republic. I know. has done much, much better. It's, it's almost like North Korea and South Korea in, in ways. I mean, it's just the whole thing. Right, but that, there isn't the animosity between the two sides. It's, it's sort of like sort of like two different worlds. I mean, Dominican yeah. Republic, I'm sure you either you've been or you know plenty of friends. I certainly have been to a resort in Dominican Republic. It's a great place to go on a vacation and everything right, else. Right, right. No one goes to vacation to Haiti. No, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Mark Schulman, again, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. I hope you'll check out the website, HistoryCentral.com. Mark, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a us. great week, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. He's former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of Father the Leader and its sequel, A Murder Mystery, Shake the Money Tree, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show, providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, uh, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. We'll be talking about the events of the day. Right now we have with us Jim McTagg. Jim is, as I mentioned, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. When he retired, he started writing murder mysteries, and they are terrific. The first is uh, Follow the Leader, and the second, its sequel, Shake the Money Tree. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, Bob. It warms my heart to be talking to someone in Florida when it's in the low 30s here in Washington. Oh, my uh, gosh. I'm so sorry to hear that, Jim, but, oh, my goodness, I dropped ice cream on my flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm here... Uh, it's two days past Ronald Reagan's birthday. Yeah. Uh, I'm amazed that we don't have parades for him, let alone have the calendar marked, every calendar marked with uh, recognition yeah. of his birthday. Yeah. I think he's the greatest president in my lifetime. And I'm looking ahead, hoping someday we might have another Ronald Reagan uh, run for president, but I, I don't see it happening. But I do see some very interesting developments uh, even on the eve of the uh, impeachment trial of President Trump, I see. Uh, see, I would uh, ask you. I'd ask Jim Governor uh, Jeb Bush. Yeah, sticking his toe in the political waters. Interesting. I think he shot himself in the foot uh, during the last election with regard to his solid identification with Common Core, which uh, many people resented and disliked Common Core vehemently here in, in uh, Florida. Consequences now we no longer have Common Core, but. Uh, 
Maybe people will forget that. We'll see. Well, uh, and guess what his editorial was about? In, in New Hampshire, the, the governor is named Chris Sununu. Right. He's the uh, son of uh, uh, the former Sununu. governor up there, John Sununu, yep. who was a United States senator. And he, he's the, the brother of another John Sununu who was a U.S. senator. So the Sununu name is well known in Republican circles. Uh, Chris Sununu has, has been governor of uh, New Hampshire for three terms. He's extremely popular. He won, uh, even though uh, President Trump lost that state twice. Now, the first time Trump lost in 2016 by a couple thousand votes to Hillary Clinton, it was because Gary Johnson had run as a as a libertarian and took 30,000 votes away right. from Trump. But this time, uh, Biden clearly trounced Trump. Uh, now, New Hampshire is not as um, recognizably Republican as it once was because of uh, immigrants from uh, Massachusetts. However, uh, Chris Sununu has cut taxes, and he's uh, blocked the Democratic legislators' uh, attempts to, to put, put an income tax in place in, in New Hampshire, which doesn't have one. Uh -huh. He's now promoting a uh, school voucher program. Hmm. And, and Jeb Bush wrote an editorial in the Manchester Union Leader, you know, which is the first really uh, conservative newspaper uh, in the modern era in the country. Right, you know, right. uh, that was Fox News before there was Fox News. But anyway, he's, he's uh, pushing Chris, uh, Chris Sununu's uh, voucher plan. Uh, such plans have failed in the past, but because of COVID, with parents seeing the collapse of the public school system, um, it's become very popular, and, and we probably will have a school voucher program in New Hampshire. And here's Jeb Bush uh, uh, putting all his muscle behind it. Oh, that's so great. To, to I me, think that, that sounds suspiciously like uh, sticking his toe in the political waters because New Hampshire still is recognized as uh, you know, one of the earliest primary states, and that's where all the candidates uh, go right out of the block. Absolutely. Well, and that's it, interesting. As, as it turns out, we have a, a major, supported both houses of the uh, legislature in, in Florida, a major school voucher or uh, uh, parental choice bill that's coming up. So uh, we may have beat them to the punch here, <laughs> but the point is I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a lot stronger than the idea of running on Common Core. I will say I don't have a real interest or a sense of humor on having another Bush as a president. Uh, now, what's interesting is that uh, I knew a lot of businessmen, very wealthy businessmen in the Washington, D.C. area, who were uh, very pro-Jeb Bush. They were very impressed with Jeb Bush mm -hmm. uh, when they met with him in small groups uh, before Donald Trump took the nomination. Now, after Donald Trump took the nomination in 2016, they became uh, uh, very strong Trump supporters, and they remain in that camp right now. Right. Uh, the question is, uh, will this impeachment, even though it's uh, going to fail due to lack of Republican support, will it do enough uh, damage, publicity damage to Trump to erode his uh, base uh, for another run? Uh, will it hurt uh, the Jeff Hawleys and the Ted Cruz's of the world who have their eyes set? Or will it on help the presidency? Him? 
Or will you know, it help? Uh, them? Will the Republican Party lurch to the left? Yeah, or will it help them? I think it may have a very positive impact on at least uh, Trump supporters. I do think I, my my take on this whole impeachment is it's an opportunity for some, like Ted Cruz, to posture and preen and run for president uh, in in the process. So it, we can see. I, I suspect we're going to see a lot of that going on, including Hawley and others uh, who might want to uh, try and garner support. Uh, thinking towards uh, 2024. Yeah, and, and it will be interesting to see how uh, former President Trump reacts to the preening that, mm-hmm. that uh, you mentioned. Uh, will he, you know, has he in his heart uh, lost the desire to run? I mean, he didn't seem exceptionally happy to be president when he was in office. He seemed, you know, to miss the executive suite. Um, uh, so, I mean, does he have the ambition for another term, uh, or will he resent the preening, you know, see the people taking advantage of the uh, impeachment to try to undercut him? And, and, and in that case, what will his reaction be? So, I mean, uh, the weeks following the impeachment are going to be much more interesting than the impeachment itself. Yeah, great point, Jim. I, I think that's a point well taken. Uh, a lot could be happening with with regard to what's really sad about this whole impeachment thing is it's all politics. It's got nothing to do with innocence or guilt or anything like that. It's just pure politics, which is just so important. Jim, uh, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. I'd like to point out to our listeners that uh, the two books, the two novels that you wrote are really fun to read, and I'd encourage you to get a copy of Shake the Money Tree and its sequel. Uh, I'm sorry. I uh, Follow the Leader and its sequel, Shake the Money Tree. Jim, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I love being a guest with uh, one of the best broadcasters in the country. Thank uh, you, Bob. Thank you so, Jim. Appreciate those comments. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden, my wife. She also writes Greetings from Paradise. It's been a while since we've seen that, but we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You 
listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just want to do a little shout out for Choice Social. It's a new, a refreshing social networking platform, and uh, you can find out more by visiting choicesocial.us. Choicesocial.us. My show is uh, posted on there every day, and I think you'll enjoy it. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife, first and foremost, my lovely wife, and also she writes Greetings from Paradise. You can find uh, all of her past issues on my website, bobharden.com. Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Hey, uh, well, before we get into the news of the day, uh, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl last night? Super Bowl was great. You know I have to pace through um, part of it because I'm, I'm convinced that Tom Grady can't do well unless I'm in the other room. <laughs> so, But at the second half was so much fun to watch. He was great. Um, that he was named most valuable player. Uh, it was. It was just... It was just awesome to watch. Yeah, full disclosure, both Linda and I are Patriots fans got from the past in Boston. When you live in Boston, uh, you have to become a, well, it, you don't have to, but the extraordinary pressure to take interest in the Boston teams, and we were Patriot fans, and therefore Brady fans for four years. Well, in Boston, it's total sports immersion. I yeah, mean, yeah, you, can't, you can't not become a fan because it's just everywhere, and, and, the, and the fans up there are just... Second to none. Yeah, a couple of thoughts. I mean, they played the Black National Anthem, and it is Black History Month, I'll, you know, I'll say that, but my goodness, all the pandering that we see right now, it's just absolutely sickening. It almost makes you want to turn the TV off. It was interesting. I was just watching uh, Fox and Friends a little bit this morning, and they were talking about the Super Bowl ads, and uh, Steve Ducey, who is like, the, he's just all consumed with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. and everything about it says well uh people were complaining about some of the ads and and he says well how can you how can you be happy and laugh during a pandemic and that's <laughs> and and you know what that's all the media has been promoting you guys, see here's the thing i mean i think you're a strong proponent of this as well but i think uh masking up and everything the separation has made people angry and irritable and i think the most important thing to do to take care of your health is to be happy decide to be happy Take care of your health. Uh, take a little vitamin D. and. Uh, so By the zinc. way, breathing is essential, and you can't do it with those things on. Uh, it's true. And uh, it was I, I mentioned it to you off air that when I was watching the, the uh, post-game show and the, the awarding of the trophies and, and the most valuable player to Tom Brady, Jim Nance, who's, who's socially um, trying to be socially, uh, politically correct, and he's he's all the way across the stage from Tom Brady, all masked up. It's just so stupid. Yeah. They're, out in the, they're out in the air and all this stuff. Anyway, so 
um, Jim Nance is trying to interview Tom Brady about how he feels about winning this uh, seventh Super Bowl and all this stuff. And Tom Brady says, could you please come over here and ask the questions? I can't hear anything you're saying with that thing on. And it was, it was just <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But, but um, getting back to Steve Ducey for just a second, this, this new guy that they've got on Fox who does the weekend show, and he was down, he used to be on ESPN, by the way. And, and he is just really on top of things. And Steve Ducey's, like I said, said, well, how can you be happy um, and, and laugh during a global pandemic? He, and this will, I can't think of the guy's name, darn it. Uh, but he says, well, Budweiser pulled it off. Well, and my observation, too, I didn't watch many of the commercials, but the ones I watched, it used to be that you look forward to the commercials and the release of them, and will they be coming out? That was 20 years ago, probably. Right now, I think they're pretty mediocre, quite frankly. Well, it's just like, I mean, it's all social justice warrior crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, oh, let's let's provide unity. Let's it, it's they're just awful. Yeah, it's so true. Hey, I want to talk to you about something I didn't bring up on the show, but I think it's important. This Time Magazine column, uh, written by I forget her name is Molly Ball, and uh, basically says, yeah, no question about it. We all colluded and got Trump out of the election. We 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 defeated Trump. We all pitched in. She's basically saying that. Uh, the media, uh, big business, uh, government, everything from the uh, uh, mail-in ballots. She, she sp- sped it all out there. Everything but uh, the uh, machines, Dominion machines and uh, Smartmatic and all that. So basically, uh, but she's put the spin on it, but it was a good thing to do because we all hate Trump, right? So, You know what? It, I, I was listening to uh, Steve Bannon uh, in the car on my phone when I was going to grocery store. Um, love Steve Bannon's show and his uh, his cohort, who is um, the creator of the National Pulse, Raheem Kassan. He's great. And and he did. I encourage everybody to go to the National Pulse because they just do mm-hmm. great, great work. But he was just pointing out how everybody's been fighting this. Um, nobody can, can talk about election fraud. Nobody. It's it's you can't talk about it because you get canceled. Meanwhile, Time Magazine comes out, they get over their skis and absolutely admit it. Yeah, they, they certainly did. And uh, quite frankly, this uh, Mike Lindell's uh, new production, it's called Absolute Proof. We watched it from uh, stem to stern. I watched it twice. You know, the last 15 minutes of it is just unbelievable. I encourage, I, if you haven't seen Absolute Proof, it's, it demonstrates absolutely that the election was stolen from President Trump uh, and you, by using, uh, cheating with, uh, actually, China and a number of countries participated in the thing. Italy, a bunch of other countries. And, and isn't it funny how, how Twitter and all these um, social media outlets could not wait to censor that. that as soon as that video hit, mm-hmm. um, they, they canceled it up one side and down the other. In fact, um, I, I posted it on Facebook. And I immediately got um, this red flag warning again from Facebook saying, oh, this is false information. Well, it's not false information. It's actually proof. Well, I don't think it's Facebook's right to judge anything. That's exactly. I mean, right. I'm, I'm able to discern for myself what it is. And I called them out and I said, how dare you? Yeah, well, new, a new website, CloudHub, new uh, social media outlet, it basically said, look, we think. Everybody should be uh, have an opportunity to see this. You can decide for yourself the legitimacy of uh, Mike Lindell's arguments. And so they posted on their website, CloudHub, uh, absolute so, proof, which I'm grateful for. So did Gab. And, and 
I have to applaud One American News Network, um, which which we uh, subscribe to to now too. And and Mike Lindell bought time. I don't know how many hours he bought. It cost him a fortune. Yeah, but but to put this out and over thirty million people. I mean that this was of yesterday mm-hmm. had watched that that video. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it's the media, the social media um, companies and whatever are just shooting themselves in the foot because they just bring more attention to what they're censoring. And by the way, uh, Parler, which is one of my favorite websites, before it got uh, booted off by Amazon, the cloud company, that, that, and hosted by the Amazon, they're going to be apparently back on uh, back online today, which I'm, I'm pre- appreciative of. Apparently, Dan Bongino has a big stake in, uh, in Parler. He does, and so does this Mercer family, which is a conservative uh, family. I you may know who who else they mm. i think they're a big network family they're a billionaire family but they're um they're part of this parlor uh bringing it back up too um and oh by the way speaking of censoring let's just talk about mike lindell and lou dobbs show getting canceled yeah, the most popular show on I guess, fox business fox business and it gets canceled apparently because of his strong support for donald trump what are your thoughts about that well, it's 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 just selective censoring. I mean, they don't they can't stand the truth. They can't stand. Fox Business has been fighting for notoriety because they can't get enough viewers. Um, they're not even listed on 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 the TV guide. Um, so they're fighting this, and then they then they do this and cancel Lou Dobbs because he was going to say something yeah, about. Help me understand how canceling your most popular show is going to be helpful. Well, it's, it's, it's just like Twitter and, and Facebook. They're committing economic suicide just yeah. by by eliminating. I mean, they're bringing more attention to what they don't want anybody to see. Yeah, absolutely, it's so stupid. Absolutely true. I don't think I don't think Fox will ever come back uh, because of what they did the day before the election on November the second was just absolutely outrageous. Or as I guess it was the evening of the third. But uh, I, I purposely avoid Fox media outlets in, in any way I possibly can, and I suspect. There are the great, like uh, One America News and uh, Newsmax TV, and other great out uh, sources for information. We don't need Fox. No, but it, it's interesting too is that um, Dominion servers and, and Smartmatic have have filed a two point seven I believe billion dollar lawsuit against Fox, Maria Bartino, Bartiromo, Lou Dobbs, and Judge Janine. But um, for this Dominion and uh, Smartmatic for, for defamation, and and yet. Dominion and Smartmatic haven't touched. I mean, well, have touched you know, Mike when, Lindell. And I'm sure uh, what Lynn Wood said is, "Bring it on, file your case." We want because I'm. I'm sure I would like to see the outcome of that. I'm not sure that they'd want any money, but I would like to see. Of course, you have an opportunity to present all the proof that, in fact, it is true. And of course, uh, the truth is an absolute uh, defense against this, uh, accusations of. So, but isn't it interesting that that Mike Lindell has this two-hour video out, absolutely slam dunking Dominion and Smartmatic, that their their machines were doing nefarious things all over the world, and yet Dominion has not filed a lawsuit against Mike Lindell. No, they haven't. Linda Harden, again, maybe the smartest woman I know. Gently appreciate your coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we're going to have Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, on the show. Boo Mortensen will find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will join us, as well as Larry Reed. Larry is the president emeritus of the 
Foundation for Economic Education. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.